0: Uh, that's that. I'm going to move on to my stuff. Uh, last week, I started uh, the series for January that I called 2020 Vision, and it's just basically a way to say uh, how to see clearly. We're talking about some things that you could do, uh, some approaches to life, uh, creating a spiritual environment that help help you uh, see clearly as you navigate life, because life can be pretty confusing and a lot can come at you. But but God says that. That when we walk a certain way, we'll have a foundation that will help us through those difficult seasons, help us navigate difficult waters, whatever analogy, metaphor uh, you want to use. So I, I started through, it was going to be one, uh, one service, I was going to talk about nine different practices that you could develop uh, to, to kind of strengthen your soul, and I got through the first three. So um, I'm going to try to get through the, the remaining six today, just real practical. Like normally if you're new to Polaris, I'd, I'd take, a, take the morning and, and go through some scripture and how it applies to your life, but, but I'm going to hang out on some habits and um, try to finish it off from last week. So I'll quit rambling and we'll get to that. Let me do a quick review. <clears throat> Habit number one, realistic expectations. We talked about um, taking maybe 15 minutes a day. And uh, instead, of, instead of something crazy like, you know, I'm going to pray for an hour and read Scripture for an hour, take 15 minutes, and for 15 minutes read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Read 15 minutes a day, and then every week that's going to be over an hour. So you're talking about over 50-some hours a year now that you're going to have for Scripture. And, you, and, and the, the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are Jesus biographies. And so after 50-some hours, you'll be through them six, seven, eight times over the course of a year, you'll be very familiar with the life and teachings of Jesus just with that small step. We said Zechariah 4.10. Remember, don't look down on small steps because God is thrilled just to see the work begin. So realistic expectations was number one. The number two was control your schedule. Control your schedule. Just like you control your schedule and hopefully make sure that you shower, um, especially if you're sitting close to somebody this morning. You control your schedule, make sure you brush your teeth. You probably control your schedule to make sure you have time to eat, right? So you're going to write in that 15-minute section, and you're going to protect it. And that way, you can build that into your daily routine. And over time, uh, you'll see big results. So that's number two, control your schedule. And then you got your Moleskin notebook. you got a notebook. Now, you can use Moleskine. Uh, that, was, that was the notebook used by Jesus. Um, that was his preferred brand. <clears throat> Um, you could also just go to Mark's and get a, get a 99 cent. That was, a, by the way, that's a much better reaction than I got in the first crowd. So I'm grateful for you guys. Um, doesn't matter what kind of notebook, but, but it's, it's time to slow down and time to Reflect. And a notebook can do that for you. And if you want more ideas about what to do with a notebook, you can always look in the app and the, the listen section and listen to uh, my material from last week where I, where I fleshed that out a little more. But I, I want to I cover now uh, another exercise. This is on to habit number four that you can use in your notebook. And I, and I can't tell you, like this next chunk of my talk here, this is the stuff that made me, like if there's anything good in me today... This is the stuff that made me who I am. This was the practice, and it has to do with a notebook, but a very specific way to use a notebook. Okay, and this is this is as often as you want to do it. Um, maybe daily, maybe it'll be seasons. But you write down. Got your notebook. Um, you're gonna write down like, wow, sorry, thanks, please. So go down and, you know in in, in quarter chunks. Wow, sorry, thanks, please. And under wow, you're going to write a few sentences that you could call it like worship or praise. You're going to tell God uh, what you're amazed by. Uh, You could say, wow, that was an incredible sunrise this morning. Only you could paint a picture like that. Or maybe something, uh, you have a favorite song that Marcus and the band plays on Sunday. And you're going to rewrite some of those lyrics Or you could take a psalm. We're going to go into this in greater detail in a minute, but let's take a look at Psalm 8 here. Psalm 8. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? Wow, you are so big and yet you still care for us. Like you, You write it in your own words. Use the Bible like that. Read it. Rewrite it in your own words as, as your few sentences there that you're going to say under, wow. Um, um, use that uh, scripture or many like it as a way to, uh, especially while you're just learning, because it's like a skill. Worship is a skill and you can develop. And, and at first you're going to be, I don't know what to say to God. Well, use the Psalms to help you do that. And then you're going to say sorry. Sorry is the next trigger word and that's going to move you on to a time of Confession. And the Bible says if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and he'll cleanse us, he'll forgive us and he'll cleanse us of everything wrong. So that's your time to look over uh, the things that you've done over the past day or so and you're going to say, God, I'm really sorry, Um, I I swore at that guy that pulled out in front of me or I, you know, whatever, whatever it is, I lied to my boss, I I did whatever and and you're going to just as specifically as you can confess the things to God uh, and, and then let it go. And then you get thanks. You're going to write thanks down. And that's your gratitude time to thank God for anything that you have that, that has happened over the past you know, few days that you're especially thankful for. And then after you've done all that, <clears throat> then you're at the please. And that's where you would write out. That's your, that's your prayer list, the things that you're going to ask God for. And, and I can't tell you how helpful it is to just, just write those words out, those, those, those guiding thoughts for prayer. And, and slow down, and then a journal. Now, if you have the iron-clad mind to not have to write it out good for you, don't write it out. For me, it was always helpful to keep me moving. And, and you know, when I stare at a few lines, I always felt like, I can do this. I can write a few lines. That was less intimidating than just thinking about, I'm going to take the next, you know, 15 minutes and, and, and just pray. So, um, if that's helpful use it. Uh, It was very helpful for me. You can look back to my earliest journals and you'll see those four sections. Um, uh, It served me well. Now, I'm going to, within that, and I don't have a separate slide for this, so it's going to be like habit 4B, because you'd use your journal for it. And this was one of those things where every now and then I'll be at Panera in my final preparations and just feel like I got to do this. So this morning... Um, there in that booth at Panera, uh, I, I just felt like, okay, we're going to do this today. So what I'd like for you to do is turn to uh, is get and I hope you'll follow along. If you would grab a Bible and turn to Psalm 46, Psalm 46. I want to say it's on 552. I'm not sure about that. Um, five or um, Psalm 46. 5 what? 522, okay. Um, And I'll show you one of the things that I would do that was immensely helpful. Now, there are 150 psalms, and this certainly doesn't have to be an exercise limited to the psalms, but it's a good place to start. And so let's say you open up to Psalm 46 and just just kind of follow along. Uh, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. So what's this ancient author saying? you are a refuge, you are my strength, even though the world around me, and he's very specific, even though the world around me, even though the natural elements are shaken and uncertain, and then you could apply it symbolically, you are still my refuge and strength. And so then you take that and you rewrite it in your own words. And you could say things like, I don't have control over anything. There could be a tornado that wipes out tomorrow, wipes me out tomorrow, and I'm terrified by that. Or you could say, even though cancer is everywhere. You ever feel like that, man? Cancer is everywhere. Even though um, there's renewed tension in the Middle East, whatever it is, you just you you say it in your own words. But you rewrite that and say, God, you are my refuge and strength, or God, I want to know you and believe that you're a refuge in strength. Even though my world is crashing, even though our best friends are moving to Florida, even though my boss gave us bad news about the future of this company, you know what, you're just making it your own. But you're right, you are a refuge, a safe house for me. You're a foundation for me, even though these things are happening. So what's he saying there? In the midst of all this, there. think of what a river was to the ancient mind. There's this life-giving source that flows through it all. Even in the midst of all this uncertainty, there is a life-giving source. And so you make that your own. God, help me to know you like, or God, you are, if you've seen this of God, God, you are, even through all of this, the source of my strength, my hope, My peace. Come up with your own metaphors to say that. Make it your own. Use the general idea, but then make it your own. Come and behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. And listen to the way God makes things desolate. Here's what God does. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. So what's he saying is, When you look at the things that God is against, God is against those things that bring oppression and uncertainty and pain. So it's an affirmation that even though things look shaky, this world is moving toward peace. And then you write that out in your own way and you remind yourself of the flow of, the redemptive flow of God in the world. And then comes the money verse. Verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. And you get to that point, and here's what you'll understand someday, if you don't already. You'll understand that really that verse is meant to have a you in it. Be still and you will know that I am God. Just be quiet in God's presence and you will know. And then when you get to that point and you write that out, I will be silent and know that you are God. Just sit in silence. And here's what's going to happen, okay? I promise this. Here's what, here's what will happen. There will be a moment when you come before God with this kind of, 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 of uh, exercise where your world is rocked. But there in that silence, something will get turned upside down. God will move and change Your whole understanding, your whole... He'll bring about what the Bible calls peace that passes understanding, peace that transcends... Like peace when it doesn't make sense. And in that moment, you will know God differently. And you will never be the same. God will do that one time, and you will never be the same. And there will be a strength at the core of your being that will never leave... And you'll always be able to return to, you'll just be someone different the first time God does that. And it happens in moments like that, and you will be still, and you will know what it means that he is God. I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. That little exercise applied directly, especially in moments when you are a wreck, that has the power to change everything. That has been, through the highs and lows of my life, one of those things, and it's not just Psalm 46, but Psalm 46 is pretty powerful. That practice of taking what's shaking my world and letting Scripture sort it out and being silent before God, that, that, that practice will change things for you. And you will emerge from that a different person if you haven't gotten to that point yet. So I just felt like that was something I wanted to, to walk through with you guys. I don't know why it waited until Panera, half an hour before church started to hit my radar, but All right, next, a little lighter moment. Spiritual tool number five, a sticky note. A sticky note will change your prayer life. A sticky note will change your scripture reading life. Here's why. I'm not very administrative. My wife will tell you that I don't do well with remembering details and remembering tasks, but I become a task machine When I sit down to pray or read the Bible, I will remember that the weed whip needs new string when I sit down to pray. I will remember details and things that, I don't know why it took me 40 years to realize this, but if I put a post-it note beside my Bible or on the table in front of me when I pray, then when anything comes into my mind, I can just write it down and move on. I don't have to get stuck. On what I'm thinking about. I can think a stupid thought. Write it down. And return to that stupid thought later. It gives me the freedom. To continue praying. Or continue reading scripture. Undistracted. Because when I think of something. It goes on the sticky note. There's usually seven or eight things. On the note. By the time I get done. But this. This is a powerful little. Spiritual growth tool. So. That's number five. Number six is, is what you might call awareness. Um, you might call it a pregnant moment or a kairos moment, which just means like a moment with potential or a, a, a circle back. Uh, let, me, let me explain. Um, many people walk through life just sort of responding uh, getting the next kid to practice at the next moment, uh, meeting the next deadline, crossing off the next task list, whatever. <clears throat> but there's, there's a way to... Um, one of the ways that you gain ground spiritually is to be committed to, um, to examining moments and being open to uh, circling back and 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 making something right. All right, let me give you an example. Um, and this then becomes an approach to life. Um, this past week, in staffing, this is not like a good moment. Okay, this is I'm not real proud of this. So just yeah, this is this is me and all of my awfulness. Um, during staff, th- there was a there was a, an email that hit our staff inbox. We get spammed continually for people trying to sell us what they do. They'll have some ministry skill or thing they do, and then they'll want us to hire them to come and do their thing for all of you. And it gets fairly frustrating that, you know, part of me is like, why don't you get a real job and not? Anyway, Um, this isn't even the awful part. (laughs) There was this dude who does these, like, tricks, juggles and stuff. And, and he wanted us to hire him to do that for us, for you. And, and I'm basically at this staff meeting, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to pull up this guy's YouTube. Look at this clown. I mean, that's where I was. And, and I actually had the staff watch this guy for the purpose of, basically, the, the idea was I was making fun of him. Not real proud of that, but that's where I was at that moment. Someone on staff suggested that maybe what I was doing was going a little too far. To which I said, no, I'm really frustrated by this, and this fool needs somebody to tell him how ridiculous this is. And we moved on. And and later that day, there was just this, like you could call it, Marcus a lot of times calls it a... a check in your spirit there was just this check I was like eh that was probably too far now I could blow that off or I could circle back and really reflect on that and allow God to say what you did was over the line you have no business looking at another human being like that that's someone serving me with what they do That's my servant, not yours, and a million little things that was wrong about that. But because on that particular day, I was open to circling back in that moment and reflecting on it and confessing it and having follow-up conversations and things like that, um, I was able to grow a little bit. Now, this isn't to say that I won't continually do stuff like that, just hopefully it becomes less and I get better at it. And if you're willing to do this kind of approach to life, then you'll have conversations just this past week. <laughs> I had a very bad conversation with somebody in the morning. I wasn't in the, really mood to, wasn't in the mood to really talk and just sort of blew them off and realized I just blew them off. I was just pretty rude in the way I, and I circled back, and I was like, listen, this morning I was in a bad mood. I wanted to get into my office and shut the door. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, that was disrespectful and, and, and I apologize. Like, like it, it's never fun, but when you get in the habit of, of allowing those moments to sort of marinate so that you can then make necessary changes versus just blowing them off and moving forward, you will make progress. So that's, that's, that's habit number uh, six uh, staying aware and being willing to circle back to make things right and it's difficult it's not fun but when we can live in that habit good things happen number seven headspace the headspace app some of you are going to hate this so just check out for this one some of you the headspace app um some of you need to check back in for this because you're already checked out um, <clears throat> the, here's what the Headspace app does <clears throat> it will teach you how to meditate it will teach you how to sit in silence it will teach you how to manage your thoughts proactively so that you can sit in silence because silence so, so listen, here, here's two Illuminati things for you Okay. secret societies in the world that understand these two things now, now you all know Thing number one, there's a Giant Eagle app where you can scan as you go, put the stuff in your bag, then up front there's these scan and go things while everybody else is standing in a line 10 deep. You walk up, scan it with your phone, hit the Apple Pay, you're out. Dirty looks, okay? That's thing number one. That exists and you can do it and there's never a line. Thing number two. If you can truly sit in silence, stuff comes to you. Very few people are willing. I'm telling you that that some of the best stuff that I have for sermons, for conversations, little insights that happen. uh, God turns around something and I see it from a, a different perspective and it's helpful. A lot of that best stuff comes not from a legal pad, doesn't come from hashing it out, doesn't come from reading a blog. It comes from sitting in silence before God. And in those moments, it just kind of... Do you, remember, you ever do the Magic 8-Ball thing where like it, it'll, it'll just kind of the, 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 the writing sort of just like floats up, to, you know what I mean? Like it floats up and then you can read it that's the only way that I know how to explain when you sit in silence and sometimes something just emerges. And, and what that Headspace app has done for me um, is, is it's, it's taught me to look at my thoughts more like clouds that will come and go and actually can be sent on their way. Versus just I'm in the middle of my thoughts and I have no, like it's helped me to sit out. And I don't know if that makes sense or not. But again, some of you that's like nothing you're interested in, just blow it off. But if that makes sense for you, if that's something that you're interested in, um, that, the Headspace app is like training. It's courses that will help you meditate. Like for me, I'm up to like 20 minutes now and I never thought that it would be But I can go like 20 minutes and it passes like that of controlling my thoughts and, and staying silent and focused and um, and just kind of what you might call like abiding in the presence of God, and it's it's from that app. So I wanted to, to cover that. It's worth it. Uh, number eight, Jewish Day of Fasting. Jewish Day of Fasting. Uh, I don't know whether any of you here fast, and I know when, when people when people if any of you fast and when people hear fast, a lot of times you think of that you know going for days without food, and oh my gosh, how could anyone do that? And and here's what I would say. Fasting is powerful. Um, and, and there are certainly, sometimes you're in dire, you know, you, you are in that much desperation for God that you can go a couple days without food just because you are so desperate, to, you know, begging God to do something, to heal somebody, to whatever. But, but the early Christians and Jews, they fasted two days a week. The Jews did on Mondays and Thursdays, and the Christians did on Wednesdays and, and Fridays because they didn't want to be like the, the Jews, and that's no joke. They, they actually wanted to do, have their own step, um, different way to do it. Um, uh, two days a week. And that sounds crazy to us, but it's because they approached it differently. And, and here's how I would advocate thinking about fasting. For a Jew, the day starts at sundown. So the new day happens in the evening, not in the morning when you wake up. Here's what that means. You have a huge meal as the sun goes down which marks then the beginning of a new day. Then, once that day is over, which is at sundown the next day, you have another huge meal. So you don't go, wake up, then go to sleep on no food. You wake up, and all you're really doing is skipping breakfast and lunch. Does that make sense? Like, you eat before the sun goes down, then you eat the next day after the sun goes down, and that was a Jewish day of of fasting, and, and what I would say is that what you'll find with that is, um, number one, you now have lunchtime to pray, like you have more time. Number two, it's your mind telling your body who's boss. And number three, if you've ever done it, there, there's just, there is some supernatural uh, energy that comes from fasting. But I don't know how you do it um, the whole waking day. I would advocate the, the, the Jewish day, the understanding of a Jewish day. Now, uh, here's what, if you, if you set out to do that, and I would, I would recommend you try it. Um, number one, understand situation. Num- number one, if there's any question about blood sugar and stuff, go to a doctor and make sure it's safe for you to do, okay? But for most of us, you have to deal with situational hunger, which is different than real hunger, Okay, situational hunger is your body saying, hey, it's time to eat. Real hunger is like you're actually, you're, you know, your body has no fat left to burn, which, you know, for a guy like me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while. It's, you know, 9.30 a.m. is not really my body saying, you better get some food or we're, we're you know. So, so you understand the situational hunger that lasts about 15 minutes. And for 15 minutes, it, It's brutal. And then it fades and you're fine. Um, Or or maybe an occasional dull headache. So there's situational hunger and then there's American hunger panic, which is that like, it's lunchtime, I gotta eat. And like everything else, you can't focus on anything else until you, you know, get to Chick-fil-A. That's American, and those are the two biggest obstacles really to a Jewish day of fast. It's not really, for most of us, it's not going to be medical. Some of it is, but most of us it's not. And it's certainly not going to be a fear of starvation. But I, um, I highly recommend it. And just you know, just so you know, again, if you want to start this, there are plenty of days that I set out to do a Jewish day of fast. And it's lunchtime, and I'm like, you know what, I'm eating. <laughs> I'm eating because I'm hungry, and I don't want to do this. <clears throat> and God has yet to kill me. <laughs> so, so don't think of this, as, you know, I don't have bad luck for a week and a half. Um, don't think, it's just, it's a spiritual discipline, it's a spiritual habit, you you try it, it doesn't, it's not like a sacred vow before God, and, and I really don't even think it's sinful if you don't make it, you just, you just try it, and, and there'll be days that you make it, and you'll benefit from it, and then you'll know, all right, one last one, you can take a picture of the screen if you want, Uh, these are, these are books that, that have, that have, that have really helped me, okay, life-changing books, if you're new to the whole thing, The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg, I mean, it, you don't have to be, just, that's useful on any level, but that's, if you're really figuring the whole Jesus thing out, The Life You've Always Wanted is a really good book to, uh, to help you get going. Um, 200 level, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, horrible name. I mean, that, that title sounds like it needs a little dress on it. Um, emotionally Healthy Spirituality, but... Um, I, that was, yeah. It's really good, especially if you've been through trauma in life. Like it, it, It's really good. Then uh, 300 Levels, Strengthening the Soul of Your readers, Leadership, which is really just like strengthening your soul. It's a really good book on spiritual disciplines, rhythms. If you want a little extra credit here, Kathy Beebe, our own Polaris, his own Kathy Beebe, spends time at a retreat with the author of that book, Taking it to next levels, and so she's an expert in the field of spiritual growth, right, Kathy? And um, and then uh, 400 uh, 400 level uh, hearing God. Um, that's by Dallas Willard. He's a terrible he's a terrible writer, um, but but amazing. Like 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 it's gonna take you're gonna have to reread the page four times, but really practical stuff that. Um, that'll help you uh, learn to hear God. So um, those, are, those are some books that I think uh, reading will go a long way as a habit to help you grow spiritually, and, and I think those, those are books that'll help you along. Okay, um, remember that, that all this is not spirituality itself. Those are all just tools, tools for, uh, for spiritual growth. And, um, and and we use those tools to help us keep Jesus at the center of our life. Because when Jesus is at the center, we can see straight. But it shifts, and then we gotta go back, and it shifts, and we gotta go back, and these tools help us keep that. So let's stand, and then we got one last song that we're gonna that we're gonna sing. And this is our invitation to for Jesus to be the center. And and sort of a commitment uh, that we would keep him at the center. So let's pray. Father, uh, we need you at the center of everything. You are our refuge and our strength. You are our fortress. You are our help. You are our river. And the world around us is shaky, and there are all sorts of of things in here that have us uh, on edge. but we turn to you as our rock and we need you to be the center of our life.